and welcome to the first ever episode of the Pro Henry County Podcast. My name is Mike Heaton. I'm here with Jeff Fager, uh, the chair of the Democratic Party for Henry County, Henry County Democratic Central Committee, technically, that, is that, that correct? Technically, that's correct. Uh, every good Democrat is welcome at our Central Committee. So here, here's how this is going to work, everybody. We're going to do this about monthly. We have these... Uh, Fun little uh, podcast recordings, but it's not your 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 old school couple people sitting in a studio just talking at you. It's actually uh, as we've been looking at as the Henry County Democrats have been looking at the landscape, how uh, how other rural communities have found success uh, in terms of growing their base uh, around issues that are actually important locally. Uh, they realize that you actually have to get out on people's porches. And so, uh, Jeff, uh, tell us tell us what our hope is with this with this podcast um, in terms of in terms of getting out on people's porches. Well, we're going to go around the county and uh, find folks who will uh, invite us onto their porch, and we can have conversations about what's really important to them. We know that at a national level, uh, the news uh, may focus on issues that are crucial and important at global, national, and even state levels. But where we live here in Henry County, when I get up in the morning, uh, what am I thinking about? If I wake up in the middle of the night, what keeps me awake for a while? And we want to find out what's happening in people's minds and hearts and, and, and in their homes where they live here in Henry County. And uh, to say, we are hearing you, we are listening carefully, and we want to work with you uh, to meet some of the challenges we face here in rural Southeast Iowa. Oh, I love it. I think that's a, that's a, a great way to start building up our, our community here and growing our, our, our community of, of Democrats and independents and even a lot of our moderate Republicans who are really just, they've had enough of where the Republican Party is headed and they're, they're trying to find a place where they can have a voice again and have their, their thoughts heard that aren't so extreme. Well, we want to reach out to all kinds of folks, all kinds of folks. And I have to be honest about my feelings here. As I watch the news and see how things have played out over the last four years, it seems that the current Republican Party has been co-opted uh, by Donald Trump, and their approach to the public is, who does not belong? Right. Who can we exclude? Who is a real American and who is outside our camp? And I want to make sure here in Henry County, and I believe this is true nationwide, that the Democratic Party is the party that reaches out to everybody. Right. Now, I recognize that sometimes, again, uh, given the way the media lifts up certain things happening, it looks like the Democratic Party is merely uh, reaching out to ethnic minorities or uh, LGBTQ folks uh, and, and various identity groups. Uh, but uh, we really want to find out what's happening to seniors, to working folks, to farmers, uh, to people who are trying to just make a living raising their kids in communities like Mount Pleasant. Right, right. And, you know, the, for, all, for all our Democrat friends out there, it can be a little scary. I, I think about the idea of, of going to uh, listening to the opinions of some of our neighbors who 
uh, maybe a little more outspoken uh, in their in their support of the Trump administration, which has so many racial undertones, so many sexist undertones, uh, not even undertones, some case blatantly, uh, transparently. The word dog whistle no longer applies. No, exactly, exactly. I can see how that'd be worrisome to a certain extent uh, to, to reach out to those folks, but I think that's important here. I think yeah. we have to, uh, including as we interview people over the course of the next however long we have this podcast up and going for the Henry County Democrats, that includes more than just Democrats, that we're listening yeah. to, to all kinds of people um, and their perspectives. I think we all have lines that we'll draw. Um, so uh, you know, as we, as we host these interviews, if someone's blatantly racist or blatantly sexist, we'll probably call them out on it. I mean, not not aggressively or, or meanly, but say you know we're not we're not going to we're not going to give them a space for saying that kind of stuff. Is I guess what we're getting at. Um, we'll be we'll probably hit pause and have a conversation briefly with them and say, hey, we're going to leave that out. That's not really appropriate. Yeah. But what do you really care about? Let's find some other common ground that we can we can deal with and work on together. Right, and I think that key of common ground is important. My feeling is if we sat down on anybody's porch and said. What would you like to see this com- this community, this county be in five years, in 10 years? Most of us would have a very common vision. Yeah. The question is, how do we achieve that vision? What are the steps we take to get there? And that's where we can have some honest discussion. In terms of having a vibrant community where families feel secure, uh, where everybody has an opportunity to succeed and prosper. We all agree on that. Yeah. It's just, how do we get there? So for the next, however long we go with this podcast, we're going to be stopping on people's porches and we're going to have conversations and you're going to hear them right here on this podcast. It, it may be me. It may be Jeff. It may be somebody completely different doing those interviews. Uh, our goal is that you get to hear the voices of Henry County uh, from all perspectives Uh, helping us understand each other, find that common ground, and build community together instead of divide our community. Exactly. And that's the key. We don't all agree on the same thing. It's more of a coalition, right? We're we're a bunch of different groups working together in unity. So like United States, all the states are different. Yeah. But we can come together over a handful of common causes that we work together, and we can work to influence each other within that context. But we're not all united lockstep. And that's what the Republicans are trying to get is this lockstep mentality everybody believes this if you don't you're out yeah right whereas democrats are more coalition and yeah some of us are wrong some of us are right and we all have different opinions but we can find some commonalities to work together and have a group that we work together with right and and the willingness to make some compromises to see progress yes exactly exactly we're going to be doing these interviews off people's porches um but we're also going to um start online because that's where most of us are at right now we're we're not quite comfortable getting together some of us are some of us aren't we're still waiting some more vaccinations um and so we're going to go to uh where most people are comfortable right now and that's online so we're going to start the conversation there and we'll use as a springboard for our porch conversations later so we're going to ask everybody to jump over to our website www.prohenrycounty.com and you can find a link to our facebook page and you're going to see a post on there um, about this podcast, asking for people's thoughts on how, uh, if we were on your porch, what would be the issues important to you? And we're going to ask you all not to focus on 
um, the stuff that you're hearing uh, all over the country right now, big national issues or even state issues, we really want to hyper-focus it down in Henry County. What's important in your own backyard? Is it, is it, is it a, a good-paying job? Is it better benefits? Is it child care? Is it just you want a good fine dining place to eat? Is yeah. it, you know, there's all the parks and rec. Um, Broadband access. Yeah, there's all water, these things. Water. Uh, uh, soil erosion, uh, how to do sustainable farming. Right, right. There, there are dozens and dozens of possible issues that, again, what might keep you awake at night that right. concerns you? Uh, and so we, we want to look at those issues and, again, find, okay, where do we want to be and how do we get there? Okay, so this will be the second half of every episode, but the other half will be focused on on current news uh, that's connected to the Democratic Party, things that they're working on at the local, state, and national levels that we really should be pay paying attention to um, just because it does impact our communities. And so, Jeff, we got quite a bit going yeah. on. Uh, what do we got going on at the local level that's really, really important to a lot of people? Well, I think uh, what's hit the news somewhat recently is our new child care center. We've looked at this issue, and we've seen that we have a tremendous lack of high quality child care for our young families. And that impacts employment and, and ripple effects throughout our whole social fabric. So we're looking forward to this giant leap forward in meeting this need. Um, I think there's more to be done, but we are very supportive of this operation and we're applauding it and uh, hope to see uh, growth in this area. Oh, for sure. And, and just to some shout outs here, because it took a long time to get this up and going and it's really exciting. Um, huge shout out to Zeglin Construction. Rob uh, Zeglin, is, is, he's the one inside the old family video building, just going to town on it right now, trying to get that thing up and ready and working hard to, to, to make it a good, safe space for all those kids. Uh, also to the chamber, Christy Ray has been a driving force behind it, trying to get that going. Uh, thank you, Christy. Uh, it wouldn't have happened without you. Yep. Yeah, and and clearly our new director, Amy McLaughlin, who's, who's taken this on. This is a big, big, big task. It This is a huge job, and Amy is a trooper and courageous, and uh, we're behind her all the way. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and a huge thank you to all the businesses and individuals and nonprofits who have contributed to supporting this child care get up and off the ground. Uh, not to pat ourselves on our own backs, but uh, the all the Democrats out there contributing a $500 gift to uh, the Child Care Center early on in the process uh, really helps start moving uh, people to give. And um, just very, very thankful for everyone that contributed to that cause. Yep, yep. Got to celebrate when we can, right? We can. <laughs> and and there are, there. I hope that we have a number of these opportunities to uh, share some good news. Uh, yeah. We're so inundated with bad news, and uh, it's good to say, yay, we did this right, because it shows we can make a difference. Yes. And so let's keep that up. For sure. How about at the state level? What's going on up there? There's a little more, not necessarily disheartening, but yeah, a little well, disheartening up there. Yeah, we need to pay attention to this. Uh, very recently, uh, Governor Reynolds decided to end the federal portion of the unemployment insurance payments to those who have been un unemployed. And uh, we know that, uh, at least recently, that number has been high because of the pandemic. Uh, I'll circle back to that in a second. Uh, 
This means that she is turning back tax dollars, tax dollars that we pay, back to Washington, D.C., as if to say, oh, here in Iowa, we don't want our money back. You give it to somebody else. And so that seems like an odd way to think about uh, the use of funding and, and tax dollars. We can use it here. Uh, she seems to be thinking that this is an impediment uh, to our economic growth, which just doesn't make sense. The data doesn't support that. We know that uh, those who are on unemployment are now at the same level as pre-pandemic era. So obviously, that's not keeping people out of the job market. Uh, and there are many decisions that people have to make in right. coming back to get a job. Not just that, oh, I'm going to sit home watching soap operas and eating bonbons because I'm going to live off the government. That's not really happening at any significant degree. And so let's be clear, everybody. Pre-pandemic numbers, we had a lot of job openings. Uh, I remember four, four higher signs all over our community before the pandemic. This isn't new. Um, so it was already a struggle getting people uh, into a lot of the jobs we have because just the, the number of, of jobs available, the low pay of a lot of those jobs, it was hard to bring people in. Yeah, that, that's an excellent point because you're, you're right. In 2018 and 2019, uh, I was hearing that uh, we had so many job openings and there just were not the folks who had the right skill sets or whatever. Right, right. Then you throw in the lack of child care. Yep. Yay, good news that we are at least opening a child care center. Uh, that's an issue for sure before and now again. Now, currently, we know that when jobs are starting to shut down, like it, they did during the pandemic, uh, many younger people, and we're talking about folks in their early to mid-20s, post-high school, who no longer have jobs, will return to school to get more education. Right. That's, that's very typical in all economic cycles like Because they this. have access to, to, to loans, they have access to Pell Grants, they have access to... Uh, other resources that can pay their bills while they get an education, then, then in turn be able to pay all that back and be able to get a higher salary upon graduation. That's, so it's a good choice really for a lot of people in their early 20s if they haven't is. got their degree or their, their bachelor's degree or their master's degree. It is. And we know that locally, Iowa Wesleyan is experiencing a tremendous growth in its yep. enrollment. Yep. Uh, again, and that, that's not unusual. We're seeing that across the board. So that, that, that reduces the number of people available for many jobs. Right. The pool of potential workers is now very much narrowed. And right. it was already narrow, and this would add to that. Right. Also adding to that in the post-pandemic era, it, well, I even should not say post-pandemic Yeah, we're not there yet. yet. Yep. And specifically, there are folks for whom going back into a service area job where they're exposed to the public, may still be a little anxious about the potential for exposure to COVID-19. Right. And we know that in many of these jobs, they're exposed to folks who are not following CDC guidelines. And so they're a little hesitant about taking those kinds of jobs for their own personal safety. Right. So there, there are a number of reasons, and it's not that uh, unemployment check that they're getting. Right. So as of this recording, Wednesday, May 19th, 
Iowa's vaccination rate is 47% people have gotten at least one dose and 41% have gotten both doses. That is not anywhere close to herd immunity. You me just shy of double that, uh, up to 70% to, to really ensure that we're not going to continue spreading this. In addition to that, the numbers of people getting vaccinated are diving. People, we're, we're closing down our vaccine clinics um, because people aren't going. We've hit this yeah. buffer, this plateau outside of kids who are, are now they're yeah. becoming eligible. Um, there's this plateau of people just not going to get vaccinated. So you have this younger adult population who doesn't, or even even middle-aged and older adult population who, do, who don't want to be a waiter or waitress walking around serving people without masks on because they're eating. So there's no masks and most places haven't had masks in rural communities, especially in Henry County anyway. And they don't want that job yeah. because they don't want to be responsible for spreading COVID because other people can't be responsible. Right. And, and not only their own safety, but the safety of family members. Right. They may be going home to... Uh, a parent who has uh, a particular condition, uh, a grandmother who's right. sickly. Or, or a kid who's not eligible to be vaccinated yet, and the new variants of COVID are having a stronger impact on children, on children. than they did before. Yes, yes. So yes. we're talking families that just aren't going to risk their own kids. And we all know, we all know every single one of us will do anything to protect our kids. Yes, yeah. right. One of my concerns uh, with uh, Governor Reynolds' announcement is it sends a message that Iowa is not very concerned about its workers. Yeah. So who is going to stay here? Who is going to move in here? Who is going to continue to contribute to our economic prosperity? If businesses really want workers, we need to be friendly toward workers. Right. And this includes not only when they're on the job, so they need a livable wage uh, and safe conditions, but in those times when uh, they have to go on unemployment, can we see them through those lean times? Right. Support them and their families and their children uh, until they're able to work again. Right. And that you really just pointed out one of the biggest differences old school differences even between the republican party and the democratic party is whose perspective they use to create policy it is obvious that governor reynolds and the republican party this year at the state level are using the perspective of of corporations and owners and business owners uh, to make policy and they they're not using the perspective of the workers and you see that simply just in how they're ignoring data they're looking at it as we don't have enough Employees, we got to remove these benefits because people are being lazy. Like that's the perspective of an owner, uh, clearly the perspective of a business owner. And if you actually talk to the workers and you actually look at the data and see the actual facts around it, you see all these other issues that impact this decision. And that would lead you toward different policy that actually works for Iowans, not just a handful of business owners, which make up less than 1% of the population. And, and what baffles me is from my belief, is if that owner were looking long-term, right. that owner would say, we need to be friendly toward the workers because they're the ones who are making me money. Right, exactly. And if I invest a little more in those workers, I will make more money. But instead, I, I see some of these policies as short-term, what is my gain in the next quarter or next fiscal year? And 
what we are seeing in Iowa is a decrease in population. Uh, we are seeing a brain drain right. because why would our young people graduating from high school stay in Iowa if Iowa is projecting this image of we don't really care about you unless you're rich? Right. You know, Jeff, this is where I really think we have a fantastic opportunity as rural Democrats is instead of it being just from the perspective of the workers or just from the perspective of the owners, which each party tends to get labeled with, yeah. we're in this in this space where we have a lot more moderates in our in our counties in rural America, and we have a lot more small businesses per capita uh, than we have in, in rural areas in terms of, of total population. I think maybe we do have an opportunity to sort of open the doors to all perspectives, as we talked about earlier. So I think with our, our front porch conversations, not only do we go and sit on the porches of, let's say, um, a worker who works on the line at Innovare, um, great company, by the way, um, but we also go to the front porch of one of our downtown uh, business owners who may be a Republican, and we right. get their perspective on it too because that does matter. They're trying to keep their business open, and if they don't have workers, their business is going to close. And there's no jobs for those workers in, in six months, right? right? And so we have to get all those perspectives and be able to do what's right for Henry County mm -hmm not just for the Republican Party at the state level or national level, and not just for the Democratic Party who's trying to score points um, with, with a certain group or a union. We need to get them all to do what's right for Henry County. Uh, and, and I would go back to my assertion that we probably all have very similar visions. Right. So you get that small business owner and the person who's working in that small business, and you say, what's your vision for... Henry County in this community, and for your business. Right. The business owner says, well, I want my business to be open and prosperous. I want to make a decent living. The, the person who's a, a staff member in that business says, I want our community to prosper, and I want a good job with livable wage uh, and safe conditions. Who's going to argue with that? Right. So how do we achieve that common vision so that the business owner feels like, I'm in good shape here. I have a prosperous business. I have workers who stay around for more than a week. Right. And the worker says, I like my job. Uh, I feel comfortable here, uh, and I can support my family here. Right. And the one way we don't do that is by rejecting any federal program that comes our way. We, we have a Democratic president right now uh, who the Democrats have shepherded our country through some of the worst crises, sometimes, sometimes not, caused by Republicans. The recession of 2008 was one of them, for sure. Uh, but even the Great Depression and so on, um, we're she we shepherd out of them because of, of Democrat policy. The New Deal. Yeah, the New Deal with Roosevelt under the Obama administration, 2008, 2009. Yeah. Uh, there's been plenty of examples of that. And we're in the midst of a pandemic that has been a massive economic crisis, health crisis, social crisis that we're on the way out of. And our federal government is is pouring resources into our communities right now to help us get through this process. And with Governor Reynolds' decision to eliminate the extra 300 bucks a week for most people um, on un unemployment, uh, that takes $33 million a week out of the Iowa economy. It's our tax dollars, but yeah, yeah. it's no longer coming to Iowa. 33 a week between now, and, or starting June 1st, I think, to be clear. Uh, starting in June through the end of September when that program was going to expire, that's almost three, it is, it's three months 
of $33 million a week that could be used by people to get to, you know, pay for a meal from a downtown restaurant, to uh, pay for groceries at a local grocery store, to buy something, anything for our small businesses in rural America that is no longer going to be in our economy at all. It's going to go to other states. It's going to go to other states. And I remember, uh, and, and I'm guessing this uh, statistic is all over the place, and you may know this as well, that for every dollar spent in a community, it turns over seven times. Right, right. And so, yes, uh, this uh, person on unemployment gets the $300 check. Where is that going to go? Well, it's not going to go to the Cayman Islands. No. Let me try to tell you that. Nope. It's going to go to, like you say, a local business person who then can pay his workers who pay, spend more money in a grocery store. Right. And ultimately, that's the difference, right, between how Republicans look at policy and how Democrats look at policy. Republicans listen to business leaders. This is the policy we're going to do. Oh, there's too many openings. We can't find a workforce. It's because people are at home lazy, not willing to work. When in reality, people want to work. They just can't afford to. I look at my friend who has two kids under the age of five, not school age. She's single. And she had a job and had her kids in childcare. Both are gone with the pandemic. It takes months in a place like Mount Pleasant to find a childcare that can take two kids uh, because you have to have ends. It's all in-home child cares. You have to know these people that do this and you have to be able to find a place that has two. And the place she used to send her kids no longer has room. So it's a balance. How does she find a job that pays enough to cover childcare while also being able to time it right with being able to find childcare in the first place? And I'll tell you what, it's, it's not. It's really, really hard. It takes time. You have to transition into that. And not to mention, most of the jobs that are currently open right now that everyone's complaining they can't fill, all these business leaders are complaining they can't fill, they don't pay anything. They pay 15 bucks an hour, which when you do the math is about 2,000 bucks a month in take-home pay after taxes and Medicaid, Medicare, all that stuff. So it's almost impossible. You pay 1,200 bucks of that to childcare. You leave 800 bucks left and that's at the low end. You, you use the other 800 bucks for what? Groceries and rent. And you have no money left for anything else. No insurance, no shoes for your kids, no anything, no gas. You don't get a car. How are you going to have a car if you can't afford it? And so that's hard. It takes time to transition out of that. And that's how the Democrats are approaching it. I look at the federal level and they have what? The, the American Jobs Plan, the American Families Plan, and the American Rescue Plan. One, the latter that has been passed already, and the other two that are coming down the pipeline. And those are about transitioning out of the pandemic. We have shepherded, Democrats have shepherded people out of our country, out of a crisis over and over and over again. And they're doing it again the right way. And here we have Republican leaders at our state level simplifying, oversimplifying, not actually talking to Iowans and coming up with policy that is damaging that is making things worse for Iowans as we transition out of this pandemic. And policy needs to be ma made based on data and based on best practices and based not based on people's initial thoughts on why things aren't working. Things need to be researched. Things of this magnitude with our tax dollars need to be done with good thought and not just what's popular based on people's initial gut reaction to an issue.
So, you know, we sort of covered federal and state right there, Jeff, but I know some other big things happened at the state level uh, in the last couple of weeks. Can you elaborate on some of that? Uh, at the last minute in our legislative session, uh, the Republicans passed a bill that would initiate the process of amending the Iowa Constitution to say that the right to abortion is not in the Iowa Constitution. Right. Now, just that is relatively worthless, but it does indicate a movement that says we're going to start restricting a woman's right to her own health care. Right. This seems to be a step on a slippery slope. Yeah. And I'm not comfortable with where this is headed. Right. And I think it's definitely worth sitting on someone's porch who it actually impacts um, you know, in the next couple months, talking to someone who's who this, if we do pass this constitutional amendment, uh, how would it impact her health? The only other thing I'd, I'd, I'd ask you to elaborate on a little bit, Jeff, is, is there's this, there is a movement that we have to counter. And as, as Democrats have good talking points and as independents and moderate Republicans, uh, there is an attack on our democracy right now. There is a, there's a whole movement by the far right part of the Republican Party who are still hell-bent on saying that the election, where there was tons of fraud and, and Donald Trump won the election to the point that Republican legislators in Arizona felt the pressure so much, they created a essentially a sham recount because it's not done with any kind of basic oversight um, of trying to find like bamboo and paper to see if there was people stuffed ballot boxes. I mean, it's way out there to the point that Republicans that are there are saying this making us look ridiculous. We need to stop this nonsense and we need to move on as a country because what the heck? Like this is our democracy. Yeah. So how do you see that playing out in Iowa? Are we seeing that kind of stuff at the local level, Jeff? And how can we as a, a local Democrats, independents and moderate Republicans counter that so we can actually move on and, and improve Henry County and get out of this nonsense? Yeah, uh, I have not heard in Iowa that kind of push like we saw or you mentioned in Arizona. Uh, we are not a swing state. Uh, and Anymore. Anymore. We were. Anymore. We yeah. used to be a swing state, uh, but we've, uh, we're not there anymore. Um, certainly, I know there are people here in this community who buy into the big lie uh, and they're convinced that Biden is not a legitimate president. Um, I, I, to be honest, I don't know what you do with that. Once you've decided on some truth, it's incredibly hard uh, to break through that because you people never want to admit they're wrong, they were mistaken. Right. Uh, what we do need to do is continue telling the truth working on these issues, talking to people on their porches, and focusing on how do we make our world better. I think that's brilliant, and that's what we have to do. And we're going to start with this podcast, uh, and on top of all the great work that the Henry County Democrats have been doing over the years, uh, we're going to start to go to people's porches and, and to really kick it off. We'd ask you all to jump on our, our virtual porch um, you can go to prohenrycounty.com and click on our Facebook link uh, to get to our Facebook page. Follow us, like us there, but answer on that post on that Facebook page uh, what your thoughts are, what you would bring up 
if we came to your porch and asked you what your concerns were, what your needs were in our county and what we should be focusing on um, locally that impact you in your life. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Jeff, thank you for, for being part of this. And uh, we look forward to you all uh, joining us again um, on the porch of another Henry County resident in the near future. <laughs>